Hello and welcome to the Thanksgiving episode of Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet, our president. Oh, Colleen, looking forward to talking about a Thanksgiving message this week. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and we're going to be talking today about all the things that pro-lifers have to be thankful for this year, just to kind of have a nice, positive, happy episode for Thanksgiving Day. So let's just jump right in, Father. Obviously, sure. big one this year was Dobbs. So let's just talk a little bit about how great that was and how much how much it really means to pro-lifers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's made all the difference, you know, since uh, June 24th in the conversation about life and family. So just to kind of, you know, back up a little bit for our audiences, you know, if it depended on your age, you know, uh, this has been a battle that has been raging for now nearly 50 years. It would be 50 years in January, this coming January. And so many pro-lifers have been, you know, working toward, you know, uh, this goal of overturning a very, very bad law. And and some people thought it would be in a relatively short period of time, but it has taken us these many decades, five decades, to get to this point. So on that day, uh, a momentous day, you know, so first of all, it's good to remind people, for, for Catholics, it was the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And so June 24th, and so a beautiful day, you know, uh, recognizing the mercy of God and God's compassion for his people. And number two, for those of us in the great uh, pro-life movement, it was also the birthday of Nellie Gray, the founder of the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Uh, and so, I mean, no one could have picked, if you will, a, a better day. Well, and isn't that also the day that the Nativity of John the Baptist is celebrated in the other years? It was bumped because of Sacred Heart this year. So Correct. now we have like the visitation, the unborn child jumping. like Exactly. Leaping for so joy well. in his own mother's womb. So absolutely. So I mean, you, 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 there's no coincidence, you know, and how all this unfolds and, and different uh, for us to look at and reflect upon. And, and, I, and I think that on this day, you know, it brought so much mixed emotion for people, uh, a great joy of seeing a, a bad law changed, or overturned, and returned back to the States, which is we're going to talk a little bit more about. Um, some people just thinking, you never thought they would ever see this day happen. Uh, I mean, I hear that in my travels on missions around the world, that people thinking, oh, we, we never believed it would ever occur. And, you know, and, and so people are talking about it. So there was a sense of awe that this really did happen. And then the other part was, you know, okay, what do we do next? So as we talked about in many episodes, and I've written about some of the states, because of their trigger laws, uh, immediately went into effect. So in a number of states, abortion now became illegal. In, in the state. So on that particular day, lives began to be saved immediately. So there were lots of different emotion, uh, consequences, effects of that day uh, that I, uh, it's good for us to, to really ponder. And especially now, here we are some months later, now beyond the midterms, you know, and people were recognizing that there would be an impact from June 24th in the midterms, which I know, Colleen, we'll talk a little bit more about. Um, but it, again, it just set the stage for uh, for this conversation to keep moving and for the individual states to address these issues, for pro-life legislators uh, to begin to advance, you know, legislation in their various states, for pro-life leaders and pro-life people, you know, who have been working so tirelessly in their states to, to pick up the charge even more and advance it. Um, and so uh, it, it really is something for us to remember and to be thankful for. And thankful, what I would add here, is all the people, which we can never name in, 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 in their entirety, who contributed, Colleen, to getting us to that day? There were so there are so many people that worked, you know, behind the scenes in the public forum, um, setting the, the 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 path 
toward this that day. And, you know, it's and everything aligned. I mean, everything came into a, a, a perfect alignment with the justices that were have that would have the courage to accept a case and the willingness to to uh, embrace the challenge that that case would bring in Dobbs out of Mississippi. Uh, but there were previous cases before that that set kind of that, that motion forward, the heartbeat law in Texas. Um, they also had a case uh, out of uh, uh, my own home state in Louisiana a year before. So the, all these things were leading, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just everything aligned perfectly. Um, and so we are very, very grateful. And we have a, a really uh, a lot to be grateful for because on that day, thousands of lives began to be saved. Well, not just that they were even made the decision of Dobbs of like upholding, I believe it was the 15-week ban, but the fact that they then went and reversed Roe Correct. on top of it. It wasn't just like a major win right. on the 15-week front for pro-lifers. It was also like be, having that courage to be able to take that step back and say, right. no, this decision 50 years ago was incorrect and we're going to change it now. Correct. And yeah, and then going off of that, I know you wrote about a month or so ago about the 66 abortion clinics that were closed. So, and then I saw an update as of recently saying it was 88 now. So somewhere in there, there's been. (laughs) Well, I remember, you know, just, you know, kind of helping people in their memory. You know, we've talked about it before, the Mexico City policy. Mm -hmm. So we don't have enough time today to really walk through that policy. People can go back and look it up and understand. But when President Trump was the president of the United States, and he reinstated the, the, the effect of that policy, which meant that, uh, that U.S. tax money could not be used to fund abortion on the international forum. And so immediately that had an impact. And I'm going to give you an example in Puerto Rico. On the very day that it was announced and went into effect, I was told a story by another pro-life leader. There were two abortion facilities uh, in, in, in the same uh, city region. One was privately funded. The other was receiving funding through U.S. foundations and so forth, it closed on the same day. Wow. So it really does have an impact when you have a pro-life law or policy in effect. So on the very day of the overturning of Roe, it set into motion, you know, not only the trigger laws in the various states, but the consequence of those trigger laws mm-hmm. meant that those abortion facilities were, were either, I mean, they could not perform those, quote, services anymore, end quote. Uh, and so it became illegal. So on that very day, lives began to be saved. And in many cases, abortion facilities, Planned Parenthood facilities and so forth were closed. And so we're still seeing the consequence of, of, of those trigger laws, those state laws that are now impacting, you know, uh, especially as they're being upheld in court. There have been some challenges. We saw one in Georgia just recently. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we expect all this. But, you know, my own state went through a couple of challenges but it was held to be constitutional. So, you know, as a consequence, abortion is not legal in the state of Louisiana. So the so the clinics have closed. And so this is where we are right now, which means we don't take our guard down because, you know, the challenges are going to still come. But for the moment, we're going to continue to see, you know, centers, you know, closed. Depends on the state, as, we, as we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about what happened um, uh, in California and other states, we're going to see new ones open. Yeah. Uh, new opportunities for the industry to make more money, you know, on the, on the death of, uh, of of innocent human beings. Or for people that are unfortunately traveling across the border to not have right. them in states where it's banned versus states where it's legal. Correct. But yeah. But the good thing is that, like, some people won't go through that effort. They'll just 
right. proceed to keep their child, which is good. And so you will have lives saved. It's not like everyone who would get it in one state is just going to go to another state. Correct. So it all, it all depends on, you know, as you said, it depends on the challenges that are before them in that decision making, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what, what. But I, I would also say that, you know, which I'm not ha- not yet seen enough data to really write on, but I have been, you know, talking with many leaders working in uh, uh, crisis pregnancy centers or, or pregnancy care centers, depends on what name is being used. Um, but I'm seeing an increase in them in a sense mm-hmm. that people are considering, uh, you know, open them for ap- in their apostolic work or they're being founded by different uh, groups of, uh, of leaders in different states and in response Mm-hmm. You know, to the need of of women, which is what our response should be. You know, to these situations, to be to be in solidarity with. How can we be of help? So I'm also seeing an increase. You know, in CPCs and also the CPCs that are currently open, an increase in clientele. So these are good things mm-hmm. because women are reaching out to centers that can really help them. And love them and love their child and help them to also welcome their child. And it makes sense, too, if you had a woman who was considering an abortion who was in a state where there were restrictions and it was either like travel out of state to get an abortion or go to the crisis pregnancy center, which is in my hometown. Right. If all of a sudden, instead of having an abortion clinic and a crisis pregnancy center in the same town and she has to pick between the two, it's traveling out of state or going staying in her area, it makes more sense that she would go there. And hopefully the people there would be able to help her choose life, too. So it makes sense that you're going to have that more people coming to those centers. Right. And that's the, and it, it, the challenge still remains because mm-hmm. the mindset, the, the difficulty, the struggle that they're facing still is there. And so uh, by reaching out to those that can help them in those situations can hopefully eliminate, you know, and, and at least diminish mm-hmm. some of those stressful, uh, you know, uh, uh, situations that they are confronted with and, and be open, you know, welcoming life. And and I've seen it. I mean, I'm hearing from our, our local center here in Front Royal. I'm hearing from uh, neighboring CPCs in the state of Virginia. Uh, and then friends that actually, you know, uh, that direct CPCs in different states. You know, they're telling me, you know, what their, their hours are increasing. Uh, the the need is growing. Uh, but they're grateful. I mean, they're, they're tired, you know, they said, because, you know, they, they, they're they, like so many of them, they're understaffed. But now more volunteers are coming forward, which is another positive people are saying okay what can i do to help yeah. you know so people are hearing you know the other message and that is you know which i would make john paul you know smile because he talked about this that it's it's not about them it's about us it's never about the person it's about how we can be of help to our brothers and sisters and so i think he would obviously take great joy to hear you know that more people are are giving of themselves their time their resources their energy so there's, that's a positive. That's something to be very grateful for. And uh, and as I tell some of our, our friends in the CPC and directing them, you know, as, what a blessing to be tired. You know, yeah. means the, 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 those doors are opening. So, we, but we have to keep working, you know, to improve that as well. Help them. Well, I think a nice thing that happened with Dobbs also is it kind of get that gave that breath of hope, but also this feeling of it's possible. Because I think for people who it just felt like you were fighting this national battle and whatever you did in your little town might not be able to do, I guess not the crisis pregnancy centers in general, but just for volunteering and getting involved on a local level, it felt like it wasn't necessarily going to help for some people maybe. And but now that it's been returned to the states, all of a sudden people are like, oh, I can go lobby at my legislature. I can elect people that are more easily elected within my state to try to pass these laws. So all of a sudden it feels something like something you can tackle better. Yeah, that's a great insight because I think it's so true is that when you when Goliath seems so big, you know, what can I do? 
you know, with my little my little pouch of stones. But in reality, those stones can make a powerful impact. And but when it seems that you're you know fighting you know this massive federal level, mm-hmm. but bringing it down a, a number of notches does make it something more reasonable and more obtainable. But I would I would say, Colleen, you know, uh, it's, it's also on the international forum. Because people are, you know, I just uh, returned uh, from a mission in Portugal. I was uh, the week before that on a mission in Italy. Uh, and so I'm, I'm hearing from, you know, people, you know, saying, isn't it remarkable what happened in the States, you know, in, in, uh, with the overturning of Roe and the overturning of Casey? You know, people are saying, we, we never thought this would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's also encouraging because people realize, you know, a bad law, an unjust law can be, can be overturned. We can change a bad law. Now, we, we have many examples of this already, but people forget those we, yeah. because it, all we hear from the media, especially those that watch more of the news and the mainline media, which I don't, you know, I do most of mine by reading. Uh, and then when people send me news blurbs and things, I read them. But uh, I mean, I've turned that off a long time ago. But in, in the reason for that is because it's, it's a narrative. It's a constant narrative. And so people hear that narrative because they want to hear the news. They want to see things and what's going on. But when they hear, you know, uh, well, it's hopeless, you know, it's it's not going to happen. People walk away thinking, you know, okay, it never happened. Well, guess what? It did happen. And and it really shocked, you know, people across both sides, uh, especially, you know, the left, who never thought that their golden calf would ever come off its pedestal. And so, but it did. And, and And it's continuing to, uh, to come off its pedestal, uh, which makes the challenge going forward, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about too. But but from the international side, Colleen, there's a great excitement because it's stirring up within them. You know, um, we made reference in our last podcast to a bill that we have been fighting in uh, on the um, in English speaking Africa. And as of this moment, uh, we seem to uh, have succeeded in the third now uh, attempt by uh, the uh, pro-abortion industry uh, to impose abortion upon uh, countries in Africa. But they united together. Our own pro-life leaders were very active um, in, in standing in solidarity. We helped uh, support them in meeting with parliamentarians in various countries. And as of this moment, you know, they have been very successful again in staying a very bad bill, law, that potential that could have become law and affected, uh, you know, uh, seven countries. So we have to be vigilant and we're going to continue fighting that. But it, it, it invigorates people when they say we won. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and so at least that one battle, we won. It encourages people. So which I think helped us to approach the midterms. Yeah. It, with that mindset, we have to fight a battle. We have to we have to get back in the fight here. Yeah. Well, we can start talking about that if you'd like to. I know one side note I wanted to mention tied to the abortion clinics was a article by a group called 538. I don't know anything about them. I know they're pro-abortion, but they released an article saying that there's been 10,000 fewer abortions since Dobbs based on they polled a bunch of centers and compiled data and did. I'm not sure. People have questioned how accurate it is because they're wondering if this group is also trying to say there's fewer abortions. We need more abortions or, but the pro-lifers are looking at it saying we have 10,000 fewer abortions. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's 10,000 lives that have probably been saved because of Dobbs too, which is amazing. We know that, you know, we made reference to the Guttmacher Institute, Mm -hmm. which really worked hand in glove with Planned Parenthood Federation. And so, and, and really we use a lot of their data, you know, because they, they're they're tracking the data. Yeah. And so, and they're the ones in many of my columns I've made reference to because they're lamenting how many abortion facilities are closing. 
uh, the access to abortion is becoming more limited. And so they're, they are lamenting these, these realities because mm-hmm. they're tracking the numbers. They're tracking the, the, the various places that have closed. And their data is trustworthy, you know, uh, most of the time. So we can look at that data and, and, and look at others that are maybe recording information. And the picture is there. I mean, when you realize that uh, when the states where their abortion is illegal or where there are greater restrictions in some of the other states that still may have um, uh, abortion may still be permissible, but with very tight restrictions on it, uh, again, lives are being saved because of them. So, Mm -hmm. for example, uh, step out of the United States for a moment. But remember that under Casey versus Planned Parenthood, and we're back in the states, is that the state could limitedly, you know, with limited ability, uh, uh, put into into place some limitation. So, in other words, an, an ultrasound requirement, a 24-hour period. We see these in other countries as well. But those 72 hours, for example, if I'm remembering the law in, in Portugal, all right, which a uh, very bad law, very similar to Roe, all right. But there was, I think, there's a 72-hour period. That so when because when I was in Portugal, we prayed outside of one of the main abortion facilities, and on that day, through prayer vigil and the sidewalk councils, we had three saves. So it's it's a beautiful you know moment. And I was told that now that they uh, they have a seventy-two hour period, well that period gives time for for us to interact, you know, mm-hmm. to talk to them, uh, look at the ultrasound, you know, visit with them. So in some of the states and here in the United States. Um, that is reality. That's something happened. So that's saving lives. Mm-hmm. So there, there are many factors that are playing into those numbers. Yeah. But to hear someone like the Guttmacher Institute, you know, really say, okay, these are how many places have closed. All right. Now, what we're not hearing uh, in, in the sense of is how many centers are now opening. Mm. And so, and they are, because I can say to California, you know, with Proposition One, sadly uh, being uh, being uh, voted into law, and now a constitutional change in that state is now just going to open up abortion un- I mean, completely unlimited, which it already is, but now it's going to be entrenched further. Yeah. It, basically, what they did is created a row. Mm-hmm. That's what they've created in the state of California. Well, even worse than Roe, because a judge can't just overturn it. It would right. have to be the citizens voting it out, I Correct. believe. It's 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 really going to be very difficult for the state of California. So absolutely. And, and so but now what's happened, those centers are going to open there. They're going to see an industry, an opportunity to make money, which is what this is all about. Uh, and so uh, that's going to, you know, kind of offset some of the other places in states where they've closed. And so we're going to start seeing some of that. But let's 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 remember this is a positive, you know, Thanksgiving program. So, but we we have to, we can't close our eyes, yeah. you know, to the reality that's in front of us. And it's just going to make the work of pro-lifers in the state of California. Uh, ever the more important. It just we're going to have to turn up the volume, you know, and and really pick up the effort. It's going to be difficult, but, you know, it hasn't been easy the, uh, to this point already, but it's, it's just moving forward. But it's good to see, you know, and hear people talk about this, you know, uh, in some of the states, you know, where you, they're watching the, the numbers decrease. They're hearing, uh, receiving more p- people coming to the pregnancy care centers or, you know, and looking for help. So that's a good sign. It's a good sign that people are e- evaluating. Because remember, I think you, uh, we talked about this before, and it was you that brought this up, you know, which is so beautiful. And that is when you have a mindset that abortion is there, it, it, it just, it, it frames the way a person responds to a situation because it be, in some cases it becomes the immediate thought. We have a dilemma. Well, let's handle the dilemma this way. 
But now when people are then confronted with a state that may have limits or abortion is not you know, permissible, legal in that state, their framework may change all of a sudden. Now it's not, quote, as easy. So maybe I need to consider my options here. And, and I think that's very important because it, it does. It's that little hesitation allows people like you and me, Colleen, to step in. Well, and even if they just hear that there are other options. For some people, they may not know there's other options. Right. So they have that mindset because they're being been told for 50 years that abortion is the answer right. and they don't question it. But if you have just, as people talk about uh, pregnancy care centers right. and as people, even as this conversation happens on a national level and it's in the news more, hopefully people right. will start like waking up and thinking, okay, well, if these states are banning it, but my state's not, maybe there's other right. options. What are people right. in that state doing? I don't know if they will, right. but well, you there's just brought, the hopes but you that... But there's another positive. You just mentioned it. I mean, think about that, is the fact that that uh, that crisis pregnancy centers, uh, you know, uh, pregnancy care centers, again, is what name, are being talked about. Yeah. People didn't hear about these before. All of a sudden, now they're hearing about them. And, and so what are these? I mean, and I know that some of my friends who are directors are actually getting those kinds of phone calls. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were here in the community. You know, what do you do? Uh, so they're even being, you know, interviewed by local media, local, local uh, you know, outlets. That wasn't being done before. You know, you know, have you been successful? That's been a question they've been asked many times. So that's a great point. That's a, play, that's, that's a Thanksgiving yeah. You know, that this is giving giving an opportunity to talk about something. It's bringing it's it onto the surface. Yeah, again. exactly. It's taking it from behind the shadows, so to speak, and, and it's brought it into the light. And that's a very, very good thing, too. And, and if I may, that's how, you know, the bishops of California approached Prop 1 after the fact. They mm-hmm. worked, and I have to say, because we, we've talked about that before, I tried my best, you know, to bring attention to it, along with many other valid initiatives that you and I've talked about in this podcast, I've written about. And I, I, w- I received a, a wonderful uh, letter from Molly Sheehan, you know, who is uh, working with the Bishops Co- Catholic Conference of Bishops in California, wrote a beautiful letter, you know, to, to let us all know what happened. But the first thing really was to thank people who got out and, and, and did, their, did their work. They, they did the yeoman's work of getting out the voice, raising awareness, you know, talking to people about it. You know, it, it really did. I mean, they, they really did a great effort. Uh, and it, outcome is not what we wanted. But, you know, we should not, you know, downplay the fact that many people came to the forefront. Many people came to the front line and and, and put a tremendous amount of effort in. And there's always room for more, of course. But, you know, and I'm, I was disappointed, you know, and that's something we can talk about later. We're going to. But the idea is that, you know, to me, there, there were over 12 million people who claim to be Catholic, you know, in the state of California. I mean, I respectfully claim. But the idea is where where were the majority of them for the fight? You know, I, we can look at the numbers and we'll save those for another moment. And I'm going to write more about this later. But it is it's concerning because that means there's, there's so many challenges before us and there's such a division and there's such a, a lack of understanding. Uh, while in Lisbon, we showed uh, a cartoon, an animation of an abortion. And most people don't know what abortion is. They really don't. They know the term and they know what the end result is. But they don't know what the procedure is, and they don't know what it, how it's done, and and how graphic. And we 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 showed this, you know, at a conference of of, of adults, uh, and so in, in exposing this for people to see, and people were just uh, during during the breaks were just so talkative because they've never seen it. 
and they didn't, couldn't understand that this was this is what happens. So there's so much, uh, Colleen, in this moment that is going to give us a, a charge moving forward. We just mm-hmm. got to keep you know our, our energy high. We have to keep our focus clear. We have to continue to fight the good fight. We have to bring exposure to the unborn and 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 their the injustice that is being done to them. And uh, I think we've learned a lot from this. That's a positive. That's a very positive. People are talking about it. You know, something so much pushed to the back corner, the taboo, you know, it's a right. It's, you know, who are you to say anything? It's my choice. All of a sudden, all that language is is, is still there, mm-hmm. but it's not keeping it silent. Yeah. People are addressing it. And I love how you put it. One state border, one little fine line, crossover, it's, it's legal. On this side, it's not. And so what may, then if it's not right over here, what makes it right over there? So the law itself is the injustice here. So so we have to keep addressing it. So that's a positive for my in my mind that the fight is still before us. And and I was concerned before the midterms because I, I really was concerned about the mindset of many Americans uh, in the pro life movement who are not and those that are not in favor of abortion, thinking that because of the overturning of Roe and overturning of Casey, look, we're done. I was. I'm really worried. I'm still think that's a, a tr- still a problem, mm-hmm. um, and I think it showed up in the midterms. I think people thought we we've, we've done our part. It's it's over, but it's wrong. That was it's not over, yeah. and it's not over until abortion is eradicated from the mindset of of people in our nation and around the world. So and, until that day, we we have to get up and, and and get back into the fight. Dobbs was like that first like plateau on a hike where you're like hiking and then you get somewhere and you have a good view and you're like, this is nice, but there's still an entire mountain ahead of you. Oh, that's a great analogy. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also, I think 14 states are now abortion free. Is that some more hurrah good news from exactly. Dobbs? Exactly. And I mean, like I said, state of Georgia, you know, is a state challenge right now uh, by, uh, by I think it's a federal judge. And so... We, we expect these, so but we got to pray for the people that are engaged in that conversation in the state of Georgia, as many other states are in, in legal battles, uh, to, to keep fighting the good fight. So, But right now, you're right. There are 14 states uh, that abortion is illegal. So in those states, human life and, and, and women are being saved from the violence of abortion. And so what, 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 that's a great blessing, and that's something to be tremendously thankful for. And also in those states, depends on which state, I'm seeing and, and hearing more um, uh, programs, more initiative in a sense of, of, of money being raised to help women in these situations and help families. So I'm hearing positive things that are coming because now people are being called upon. Again, back to the bishops in California in response to the, to, to the outcome of Proposition 1. In that letter, again, Molly mentions that, okay, we still have much to do, not just on the legislative side, you know, on the activist side. We have so much to do to continue to, to help people to realize that, that abortion is not an answer to a woman's situation. Mm-hmm. What is the response is solidarity, love, care, generosity, giving of ourselves. So she put out a really, uh, you know, kind of a rally call. You know, we have to step up. You know that's the charge before us. We got we're going to fight this legislatively. We got to fight on the political realm. We got to start electing people to office that are going to you know advance these causes. At the same time, we have an activist side. We have to really recognize if we want to fight against the mindset, then we have to show that there's a different path, mm-hmm. and that's what we got to keep doing. And I would say what Molly said goes across every state line. 
And, and that to me, again, is something to be thankful for. People are talking about that and they're advancing that. That's that's a great, great well, positive thing. And even in states like I guess this was California where abortion is like unrestricted. That is like all the more important. It's important on both ends. But like you said, it goes across all state lines. It's not just that right. states with abortion laws need this and states that outlaw abortion don't or vice versa. It's every single state needs exactly. that initiative to step up and help women. That's what I loved about, you know, Texas and, you know, with the heartbeat law that they, they so that they had before before the overturning of Roe, which was challenging, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, uh, much of the federal uh, legal system. And so but because of that heartbeat law, lives are being saved every day. But they also, from what I understand and what I've, I've read, is that with that came a, a tremendous millions of dollars. I mean, a hundred, uh, I, think I, I heard numbers of $100 million. I've seen different numbers that were to be provided for care for women in need. Wow. That, that's amazing. Now, I like to see it in every state. Yeah. So especially like in the 14 states that right now, okay, what are we using our, our tax money for? Here's a chance to really say not only are we against the violence of abortion, but we also, because of, of the need, we're going to step forward and put money available, you know, on a on, on a federal on a state level to provide, you know, for women in need who are in these situations. We need places where they can live, where they can have haven, where they can have uh, their their all their various needs, you know, met for them and 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 stand with them in solidarity. We have to step up for that, yeah. and and I would say that. Even within, you know, the Catholic Church does a tremendous amount of effort in its charitable works, but this is an area where we have to continue to step up our our our, our accountability and and come forward with our generosity. And so, it's, so it's a, it's it's a call to all of us. And can um, you just touch on the election, the good news that's coming out of it? I know a lot of people were disappointed that it wasn't the sweep we thought it was going to be and take over all the House and the Senate and all of that. But can you just talk about the good things that did happen during the election? Well, let's just kind of pause for a moment. Look at the the election itself. As I mentioned earlier, referring back to California, Mm -hmm. is that we we must be engaged in the political realm. The political sphere. Sphere. We need to be engaged with our legislators, with our parliamentarians, with those who are involved in the public sphere. We have to be in that conversation, and we have to be offering a different narrative, a different direction, and in pre- presenting, you know, bills that really do respect the dignity of every human life, and that really provide, you know, the support that is needed to to women, to families in need. So we need to continue that. At the same time, we're not going to solve everything on, in that sphere alone. Mm-hmm. And it's, so that's why it's not a one or the other. It's a both and. We need that work. We want to continue that work. And I want to encourage people who are already engaged, please keep it going. Keep moving it. And in the states where right now we have a positive, we have to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. We know that, that, that this agenda is not just not going to slip away into the, into the night. It's there. It will continue to try to, in, uh, to, uh, to implant itself in the mindset and bring back legislation and change. We've seen this right now um, uh, in, in some of the states. That's why some of those initiatives. So the positive side. So the idea here is, yes, we would love to have seen more people you know, elected into positions that would have advanced the culture of life. And, and this was some of the reason why so many people put, you know, millions of dollars of investment in, in political campaigns behind people who said publicly they would advocate, you know, for, the, for life. And we want to continue, you know, to do this. With that said, we have to now turn our attention also to education 
informing people. We need to continue to, you know, to advocate for life at every level of government within our own state mm-hmm. and on the federal level. We have two years from now. That's already started. That process has already started looking down two years. And we already know that the, the left and the, and the pro-abortion industry are trying to paint that, you know, this, the reason why they lost the election because women want abortion, states want abortion. We, we know the narrative already. So it's out there. We, we, so we need to expose that great lie. We need to address the false statements of the narrative and be able to advance, you know, uh, toward achieving our goals. And mm-hmm. so that's why we have to be thankful. You know, we, we, we have been fortunate, you know, as I hear today and uh, before coming in for the podcast, that it seems that the House has been secured. You know, it's not in a sense of, uh, of, the, of, the, of a great, uh, more stronger percentage, but if it's, we have achieved the goal of taking back the house. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? Well, now we got to work with the people there and to and to hold them accountable to what they said they would do and to keep advancing the, that pro-life agenda and that pro-life uh, uh, effort to defend every human life in the moment of fertilization to this natural end. And let's be honest, it's it, we have a, a, not only the assault at the beginning of life, we have an assault at the end of life with euthanasia. We have an assault, you know, to people who are handicapped, people who are diagnosed with genetic abnormalities. We have many mindsets that are there. So we have to really look at this and keep moving it. So that's a positive because we now have an opportunity to do that. There's disappointment in, in in the Senate because now we still have a very divided, you know, uh, chamber, and and so and and though uh, the Democrat uh, Party seems to have uh, uh, maintained the majority, just obviously by by one, you know, here the in the moment, and the reality is is that it's going to be difficult to to move things forward, mm-hmm. but that just means we we just need to those those uh, men and women in the chamber who stand with us, we need to support them. We need to help them. We need to advocate for them. We need to help them to to work toward achieving the goals that we're trying to achieve. So uh, I would say to all of our you know people listening, there's reason for disappointment, but guess what? It, we move forward. We don't allow you know a, a, a loss or maybe not achieving our ultimate goal here, but we move forward and we have to we have to do that. You know, mm-hmm. because there's an urgency here. Human life is at stake. So there's no, we can't sit back and say, oh, woe was us. You know, we didn't get what we wanted. No, 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 no. Yes, we're disappointed. <laughs> but there is an urgent matter here. Every moment that there is abortion and, and, and also the assault on the end of life or ter- those with terminal illnesses or the very vulnerable, there's an urgent matter. We have to step up. So there, so I, I would just say, I'm, I mean, I'm so grateful, you know, for this year. I, I mean, I, we're not at the end of the year yet, so, but, you know, we have another month and a half to go. But I'm very grateful for what has been presented to us. You know, we we have been given an opportunity. Uh, we had hoped in the midterm to, t- to really take advantage of the overturning of Roe in June mm-hmm. and maybe have these ballot initiatives, you know, uh, rejected in California, Vermont. We were looking to have... Uh, the one that was in Kentucky, you know, to advance. Unfortunately, it too was defeated. Uh, but Kentucky is one of the strongest pro-life states in its, in its in its laws. So they were just hoping to 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 make it stronger within their constitution because we know they're they're political activists and judicial activists sitting on benches, just like in California. You know, an example of that. I mean, I'm sorry, in Georgia that we were just talking about earlier. So we we they were trying to strengthen their law. 
So, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean they, that it's it's a it's bad. It's unfortunate, but they have a very strong pro life law already. So now they're just going to have to defend it. They're going to fight for it and and keep doing it. And there were other initiatives too uh, that sadly did not you know uh, advance. But guess what? You know, yeah. Yeah, you wipe the tear from one eye and you, you you keep going. Well, I think you also mentioned that there was a number of very strongly pro-life people who got reelected as well. So Correct. it's not, it doesn't fit that narrative that right. people just lost because women want abortion. It's like, no, look at some very strong candidates who've come out very hardcore in favor of exactly. pro-life issues. Exactly. And they got reelected. Exactly. So. And very, and very, very strong majority yeah. know, in percentage. So it, it, tell, it tells us that, and that's the part that we just got to keep talking about. So we saw in, in Florida, we saw this in, in some other states where, you know, the governors are the uh, parliament, uh, they're, they're uh, uh, congressmen, congresswomen, and then uh, just initiatives that happen on the local level, on the state level. You know, in uh, regional levels, actually, were very positive. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a good sign. Yeah. We we just well, first thing is we got we got to reject the narrative, and not let the narrative control how we respond. And I think a lot of times because the the progressive media, which is it's 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 an uh, it has a very strong impact on people's mindsets. They hear, well, you know, uh, it, the, the, the Democrats are projected to win. So it says, don't show up. Don't worry, don't worry about voting. You know, and that mindset is very bad. And people fall into it. You know, oh, what's the point? You know, one vote's not going to make a difference. Wrong. It does make a difference. One vote makes a difference as well as one person. You know, and an example of that, back in Lisbon, you know, uh, one sidewalk counselor was out there on the day that I was there, one. And yet that one woman interacted with a, with enough people. And on that day, through the support of prayer, through the support of the rest of us standing in solidarity with her and, and allowing her to interact, we had a, a three, you know, saves that day. You know, and hopefully that will that will be carried forward. Mm-hmm. One person makes a powerful difference, and so we we just need to you know just step forward. And and that to me is what I walked away with from the, from the midterms. Uh, and mixed emotion, mixed uh, you know sentiment in the sense of you know outcomes. But I walked away you know not with my head down. I was I'm, I'm disappointed with the losses, but guess what? There's work to be done. We have to keep going. And I don't think it's an overstatement to say that 2022 was the most significant year for the pro-life cause since 1973, which was a bad significance. So, right. but because of Dobbs, I think this has been like the most significant year in decades right. it's invigorated in terms us. of big steps forward. Right. Well, so, well, I mean, look, prior to June 24th, yeah. abortion was legal in every state. Yeah. All right. And you could do nothing, very little to limit access to abortion on June 24th. It all changed. Yeah. So yes, uh, th- this is a landmark decision, and and as we're seeing, you know, uh, it's it's going to continue to be, and this is what the court even acknowledged. It, the states have to be the one to take up the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, from a a Christian Catholic perspective, abortion is never permissible, mm-hmm. never acceptable. Taking the, the directly intending to take the life of an innocent human per- being, you can never do so. So even if it's legal in a certain state, no, it's never permissible. So we got to keep fighting, you know, against mm-hmm. such an unjust law. And so in the states where it's legal, it's unjust. Mm-hmm. Life is being threatened. It's being assaulted. And a certain segment of our society has been targeted. It's an act. It's an act of eugenics. It's an act of many things of, that we need to keep bringing to the forefront. 
exposing and realizing that you know abortion is a violence. It, there are two lives that need to be served, and in abortion, one life is quote served, the other life is destroyed. Mm-hmm. So we're not serving two lives. And so we're not even acknowledging the life of the, of, of the child in the womb. Yeah. We have so much work to do. So yes, this year has brought us an opportunity. And in many ways, we have, uh, we have uh, been able to advance the opportunity. Thank God. And thank the, God for the good people that, you know, that stepped forward and who had prepared the ground, got things ready in their individual states. And because of that, we have 14 states right now where lives are being protected. You know, we have so much more work to do across the rest of the nation. And, and as a result, you know, we've, we've been able to advance some things in the last few months. We maybe did not achieve some of our ultimate goals that we wanted to do in the midterm, both on the initiative side and maybe in the result of, uh, of actual people in elections. But guess what? We turn it page and we go forward. So that to me is being thankful. Thankful that, 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 that we had the opportunity. Thankful that we're able to have the good fight. Mm-hmm. Thankful that we're having a conversation that we, we never thought we maybe would have. Thankful that you know we have won uh, in ma- many battlegrounds. Thankful that you know we still can go there and fight, mm-hmm. right? You know, the issue in California is, 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 is unique and you, and you brought it out. It's gonna be very difficult. But it doesn't mean our pro-life people there just turn over and go, okay, we're not going to do anything. No, they've already stepped up the game. They've already stepped up, right? Yeah. So we, we, in other states, there's an opportunity before them, you know, to, to really move the conversation. It's just going to take fervor. It's mm-hmm. going to take patience. It's going to take a, really a perseverance in seeing what is ultimately at stake here. And to be able to, to say, you know, that one day that, I did my part. I did all that I could do. And that's why there's an urgency. And that's, I'm hoping as we enter into the new year, you know, in a, in a month and a half from now, that, that we, we see the new year, 2023, as an opportunity, you know, to move this, this pendulum even further. Yeah. And what a goal would it be? Yeah, I want all 50 states, <laughs> illegal, period. But at a goal, could we, get to, could we get to the point, you know, where we have half the nation completely abortion free and could we set you know 30 could could we just we got to just keep chipping away at at this 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 horrible violence that destroys human life but because of Dobbs because of all these initiatives thousands of little lives innocent human lives our littlest brothers and sisters in the womb are being protected and their mothers are being protected and 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 for me it's a, it's a conversation that I'm purposely and intentionally sp- expressing now that we're serving two lives. We've always done this, mm-hmm. but I want people to hear it more and more that it's serving two lives. You know, there are two people here at risk, right? And we have to see that. And yes, there's one more vulnerable than the other, absolutely, but both need. And if anything, you know, Colleen, going into the new year, that's a new narrative. That's a new. Yeah. It's a narrative being advanced. Yes. And I'm glad to hear it. And that 
I am thankful for. Yes. Okay. So here's the question, though. Here's the real question. Oh, What's boy. your favorite Thanksgiving food? What oh. are you looking forward to for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> Anything that's set on the dining room table. I mean, I I, I, I just enjoy good food. So uh, I, I really don't have a, a particular one that I like more than the other. If I were home in my own home state, I would look forward to having a, a good gumbo, a good seafood gumbo. Uh, for Thanksgiving? In, yes, absolutely. It's very common in, in many of, of, for Thanksgiving. Really? So, okay. Yeah, you still have all the other I'm things. I'm and the turkey and, you know, a, a ham and pork roast and many other things. But many families still cook a, a big pot of gumbo and wow. uh, and, uh, and that's served on Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day. It's just part of our, our own custom. Interesting. But main thing is just, uh, you know, uh, being with family and friends. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's rare that... Uh, Serving HLI that I have the chance to to journey home uh, mm-hmm. because of the mission, uh, which again I'm very grateful to be able to do. Uh, but that's the thing I always looked forward to: just sitting down with family, friends, reminiscing over the year. You know, being grateful for for life, and even looking back and realizing we've lost loved ones, and thinking of them, and reminiscing about their contribution, and how much we wish they would be with us this year at the table. So uh, it, it, there is so much to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 also welcoming new life. We have new additions to our family, and I, like many others, you know, yeah. being thankful. What a what a what a wonderful blessing. So so well, uh, I, so I hope many people on this wonderful day will really pause and and really think about what am I thankful for. Yeah. And we we try to do it at home. When I was home, you know, I'd always ask one question: Tell me one thing you're thankful for today. What's one thing you're thankful for? And uh, it makes people think. You know, yeah. makes them think. So I hope that by just me asking that might make some of our listeners also think, what well, are we thankful for? And we're very thankful for all of our listeners as well. Amen. This is a great time to just say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. So, yeah. Yep. So, Gumbo was not the answer I expected. Uh, uh, you see, I'm quite surprised, you see. so Please remember to like, follow, hit the notifications bell to stay connected to our conversation. And yeah, if you're listening on our audio platforms, please follow and share with your friends and keep on living the culture of life. God bless and have a wonderful Thanksgiving day.